Welcome to HopeNet Radio, connecting generations to save lives from destructive lifestyles and suicide. Suicide was definitely something that was on my mind a lot. I wanted the pain of life to just stop. My dad is kind of verbally abusive, and he's also a workaholic. When I was hanging around with a bad group, I got raped. I was angry with God for the longest time. A couple weeks ago, my cousin hung himself. I really need to get closer to God. I just slipped so far. It's HopeNet Radio. You can talk with a live spiritual coach anytime at HopeNet360.com. Now, here are the hosts of HopeNet Radio, Jeff and Dave. That's right, it's the show where conversations save lives. It's HopeNet Radio. Jeff and DW, your hosts tonight, connect with us on Facebook and Twitter at HopeNet360. You can also send us an email if you want to connect with us that way. Hope at HopeNet360.com is the place to be. So check it out. HopeNet360.com is where it's all at, and we're connecting with you guys there tonight. So thanks for joining us on the show. We've got a special guest again. She's not really a special guest per se, almost a staple in the show. Tara Kay is back with us. Welcome. Hey, everybody. Good to have you back. It is so good to be back. I remember the last time I was here, I think there was snow on the ground, at least not in Green Bay, but there was snow up here. It's no, it might still be there somewhere. I don't know. It probably is. A little bit. Has your lake melted yet? Um, I think so. It's yeah, almost it, the Fourth of July, so I hope it does. Yeah, I, I, th- I think we're working on it. Fireworks will finish it off. If it <laughs> nice, nice. Yes, this week is the Fourth of July, and tonight, appropriately titled, our show is. Life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. You may recall last week we talked about happiness and why many of us struggle to find it. Uh, Not everybody does. Some people, you guys might just be happy and it might just be a few of us that are sad, but our country isn't always a happy place. Our culture isn't always a happy place. And a lot of people do struggle to find happiness in this world. And uh, so we're going to talk a little bit more about that, but kind of play on this 4th of July theme a little bit, because you guys, I don't know about you, but it is a good time just to celebrate this country. And some would argue that it may not be a great country anymore, but I think it's still probably the best place to live. And I think we are very much spoiled when you look at some of the things that happen around the world and some of the headlines that you see today. I couldn't even imagine if we were in Ukraine at this point in time. And so I just want to encourage you guys just to be in prayer for countries like Ukraine uh, even Russia, I mean, even these countries that we think are maybe doing things that are just inappropriate or beyond judgment, to me, it's 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 such a hard situation to look at from an American perspective. Uh, but there are things that happen every single day around our world that really can steal our joy and steal our happiness, even in America. Especially in America, because I think our expectations are are so high. And when we don't meet those, we, we go crazy trying to meet them somehow. And then uh, looking at other people that are portraying that they're meeting them. We, we can be our, our worst enemy sometimes, I think. Dave, as we were chatting last week about happiness, and part of it's our expectations. What else, what else do you think steals our happiness? You know, we talked a lot about expectations, which has got to be right at the top of the list. Because if you really know what's coming up, you can really prepare for it, and you're not disappointed when it happens. And, I, I mean, there are some hard things in life. There's times where we're lonely for some reason. There's times where somebody dies that we love. There's times when somebody's sick that we love. Those things are really going to happen in life. And so we need to know that they're going to happen, and we need to position ourselves so when they happen, not if they happen, but when they happen, we're ready to deal with them in a way that's positive. And sometimes we like living in this fantasy world where we pretend nothing bad is ever going to happen to us, and that's just not, not true. 
so I think that that's one thing. But the title that we have for this show is very interesting, Life and Liberty and the Pursuit of Happiness. One of the great needs of our culture is actually to define the words. Because if I say life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness to you, what do you hear me saying, actually? What, what am I telling you? Well, I think of the Declaration of Independence. Mm-hmm. You know, that, that's kind of the first thing that comes to mind, history class. And it's been a long time since I've memorized that thing, so I can't even recite it. But part okay, of but it, when I say you pursue life, what does that mean? Pursue life, uh, living. The, the pursuit of, of, of life. To live your dreams. Like, I mean, you think you often, when you hear, at least when I hear pursuit of happiness, we often think the American dream okay. to be able to pursue the things that you want in life. I think life, life itself is just to live. I mean, everyone needs a place to sleep. Everyone needs clothing. Everybody needs, you know, food. So all those things are basic needs. That's those essentials of life. Um, so just being able to live life. And then I, I think the, the liberty part kind of coincides with that, to live freely, you know, to be able to choose when you do things versus another example of this is the controversy that's happening around the, the World Cup in 2022, I think, where it's going to be held in Qatar, which is voted. And Qatar is like one of the biggest places of exploitation of workers, like really poor workers' rights. Basically, they'll wake up early in the morning, they'll work the entire day, get no breaks, and then they go home just with enough time to sleep and then start over again. So it's like... In our country, we have the ability to punch in and punch out. We can then go from our day job, if you will, to living life and being able to choose some things about it. So, you know, now whether you realize it or not, you're starting to define these terms. And, and I think I that's what's important. Uh, we need to. I mean, honestly, if there's no definition to it. If anybody could say, this is what I mean by the pursuit of life and liberty and the pursuit of happiness and all that kind of stuff. And, and yet they, you know, what if my life, what if pursuing my life and, and my liberty gets in the way of your life and your liberty. Who wins? That's true. I, it's interesting in the actual Declaration of Independence, and it says to secure these rights, governments are instituted among men. Yeah. So it's interesting now because then I think that's a question that, especially now with a lot of concepts and morals that our country's founded on that are changing, we are starting to think about, well, who actually, who, who does define these terms? Yeah. Because now the definition, according to our government, the definition of these things are changing. So who who really did? I think when they were first set up, we thought, okay, the government is put in place to protect these rights. But now we're questioning, well, what do these rights and these words actually mean? And who decides that? Is it the government that decides that? That's so true. Yeah, and that's where a lot of, I think, real disappointed. There's listeners right now that are listening to us that are very disappointed in life. And, And I might suggest that their definitions of some of these words are definitions that they created or their family created, and they all benefit themselves, but they may not be the real definitions. For example, God told us that Jesus came to give life and to give it to us more abundantly. Wow. Well, what does that mean? I'm breathing today. My heart's pumping. Is that life? Is that what he means? That's true. And then yet at the same time, he also says, if you want to live, you have to lay down your life. Exactly. I mean, so. <laughs> so, so in the whole process, I think it's extremely important to understand context 
And it's impre- extremely important to understand um, what the words actually mean. Because if, if everybody in this world had the, the right to pursue their own happiness, it, it could be that my happiness is bumping into your happiness and both of us aren't going to stay happy about this. Mm-hmm. And so it's important that we start looking at these words and try and define them for people. And I honestly think if they would look at things and get the right definitions, they would be okay. And so there has to be a standard outside of our own selves to come up with the definition of these words. You and I could agree on whatever, and that just means that you and I agree. But if we're going to really have a a land where we're free, and the Bible tells us this, that the truth actually sets you free, because some people think the truth will bind them and keep them from doing what they should do. But the truth sets you free. God gives you life. And I think what we need to do is really get some of these definitions down so that People can actually begin to define things correctly and move away from always being disappointed. Because if I, if I think life is all about Dave Wager, so I'm saying, look, I grew up in America, so I need to have, you know, this this great life, a lot of money. I get to pursue happiness. I'm, I'm going out to buy a jet ski. I'm, I'm debt. I don't really care. They need to give me the loan, and I need to go out and play, and I need to get my friends over. I need to have steaks tonight. <laughs> you know, if, if I keep doing that, and, and then all of a sudden I say, I don't have the money, now I'm thinking, boy— this is a bummer. I am suffering, yeah. you know, because my definition has been wrong from the start. Mm-hmm. And so I think maybe we can we can help um, this holiday weekend as we celebrate our nation's birthday by just helping define some things so people can actually see what they're talking about and adjust their lives so they're not so miserable uh, using words in a way that they can't even be used. Yeah, I'd like to hear from you guys as you're listening tonight. What are your thoughts on these words, life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness? What do these things mean? And uh, what does the opposite look like? So we're going to take a break here on the show. Remember to connect with a live coach if you need to talk to somebody tonight at HopeNet360.com. Click on the Talk to a Live Coach button. Again, they're there around the clock just to be available to talk with you if you're going through something and you're struggling tonight. So check it out, HopeNet360.com, and we'll be back here on HopeNet Radio. Are you hurting, stressed out, need somebody to talk to? Chat with a live spiritual coach anytime at HopeNet360.com. This is HopeNet Radio. Feel free to email the show, hope at HopeNet360.com. Now, back to Jeff and Dave. Welcome back to the show where conversations save lives. It's HopeNet Radio. Jeff and DW, your hosts tonight, and Tara Kay. She's back in studio with us. And Tara, you had a fantastic scripture that you were reading just in the break. Uh, I'd love for you to share it because it's relevant to our conversation tonight about life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. Um, the scripture is found in Galatians 5, and I'm actually reading it from the message because I just kind of like the way it worded it. But um, the beginning of Galatians 5 says, Christ has set us free to live a free life. So take your stand. Never again let anyone put a harness of slavery on you, which is kind of interesting because if you guys maybe have heard me talk about before, I actually work with human trafficking victims, which is called modern day slavery. But this slavery, we often think maybe, well, I'm not involved in that or I'm not in any kind of slavery. But what um, it's talking about here is that we can actually become enslaved to what to the pursuit of happiness in a sense. And in this passage, it explains how to find true happiness and it really and what true free life is. And it says that later on in the chapter, it says it's absolutely clear that God has called you to a free life. Just make sure that you don't use this freedom as an excuse to do whatever you want to do and destroy your freedom. Rather, use your freedom to serve one another in love. That's how freedom grows. 
For everything we know about God's word is summed up in a single sentence. Love others as you love yourself. That's an act of true freedom. And then later it talks about the root of of sin, which we're going to talk about later in the show. But it says later on in Galatians 5, it says, For there is a root of sinful self-interest in us that is at, at odds with a free spirit, just as the free spirit is incompatible with selfishness. Um, these two ways are in opposition with one another. You cannot live at times in one way and at times another way according to how you feel on any given day. Why don't you choose to be led by the spirit and so escape the erratic compulsions of law-dominated existence? So really what it's saying is that what we sometimes what we think is our own ways or our pursuit of happiness is really a trap that gets us enslaved to the sins and the things that we're going to talk about later. And true freedom is letting go and true free life is letting go and loving others and letting God take hold of your life and bring you true happiness and true freedom. What do you see, Tara, as some roadblocks to living life? I mean, we talked about that Jesus came to give us life and life to the full, not to bring condemnation to us, but to bring life and life to the full. I still think there are a lot of people today who are not living a full life. I have to agree. And I have to admit, I am definitely, as I was preparing for this program, there were some things that as I was even researching, I don't even know if I could have named off what the seven deadly sins were. That's a concept I'd heard of, but never really even thought of before. But I look back and I realized that there were maybe some areas in my life that I couldn't really say that I was truly happy with. And it was bothering me why I would get frustrated and like God would show me um, I would act a certain way in certain situations and then wonder why I did that <laughs> and how how could I actually change it. And everything that I've tried to actually change myself, and that would be almost a sense of legalism of trying to change it myself, never worked. I never mm. ended up happy. I just ended up more frustrated. So in looking and looking back at this verse, God gives us, he's the one who sets the standard and he gives us. Um, the guidelines of how to find true happiness, because the enemy wants us to think that our own desires will make us happy. And in the end, if we pursue those, even if it hurts other people, we don't end up happy. They don't end up happy. We end up ruining relationships in the pursuit of what we thought we wanted. And it ends up even worse. And that's what the enemy, that's his tactic. That's his goal. God shows us how to not fall into that trap. And it, and it says that in that verse in Galatians is to love one another as yourself. Love covers a multitude of sins, and that'll bring about true happiness, not on our own understanding, not what we think would make us happy. Yeah. Because God is our creator, and he knows what will make us truly happy and truly free. Yeah, you know, if we go against how we're made, it's not going to work. And, and God himself summarizes it and says, you know, what is Christianity? What is life about? It's about loving God and loving each other. And, and you know, I think you're right on on your, your assessment there. And, I, and my mind went to John chapter 8. Because Jesus gave a very, very clear um, direction here. And, and what we have to understand is that when we try and, and live with rules, within rules, mm. apart from relationships, it doesn't work. Yeah. Mm-hmm. In other words, if, if I'm going to go to the Bible, I'm going to try and figure out what truth is, and I'm just going to listen to the truth, but I'm not in love with Jesus and I'm not in love with God, th- then those rules become very burdensome and very hard. Uh, as a parent, you know, I don't mind giving up time and money and effort to help my children. But a stranger on the, on the street, sometimes I, I have more of a hard time doing that. I don't have a relationship with them. But those that I have a relationship with, there's a young man here that I want to help. And he just got married, doesn't have much money. And his wife is limiting him on the amount of money he can spend on books. And I think that's fine. 
But I told him, go buy this book. And she looked at me and said, I'll pay for it. You know, I mean, I'll pay for it. Just go do it. Because, see, within a relationship, I know I have the freedom to respond to a need. I know that my wife will be okay with me buying that book. I don't need to go ask her, you know, is this in the budget or whatever. I just know within the relationship that I have with this young man, within the relationship that I have with my wife, see, I know what the rules are, and those rules give me freedom. I can, free, I can be free to help here. And that's really important. One of the great problems is we just don't listen to what God says if we don't know what he says. In John chapter 8, starting with 30, 31st verse, it says, So Jesus said to the Jews who had believed in him, If you abide in my word, you are truly my disciples, and you will know the truth, and the truth will set you free. And one of the interesting things there is he says, Look, if you really want to know the truth, you need to spend time with me. That's relational. And if you are really one of those that are following me, it means that you spent time with me. You know me. You understand me. And when you spend time with me, you will know the truth because as you spend time with me, it will be revealed to you what it is. And when you know the truth, you will have freedom in life to do what is right. You will not feel like you're missing out. You won't have any of that FOMO stuff going on, FOMO, which is the fear of missing out. Yeah. You know, you're not going to have that. And, and I find it just absolutely fascinating that Jesus makes things simpler than I have ever made them. You know, basically, he, he narrows it down to, do you want to live right? Then love me, love God, and love each other. In other words, make other people very important and see what you can do to make their life the best it can be. Oh, and by the way, if you are enslaved to your emotions and your sins, and your, if you're enslaved to that still, then very possibly you're not abiding with me. In other words, you're not spending time with me. Because if you did spend time with me, and, and, and you did that, and you did decide that you would follow me and be a, my disciple, then you would know the truth. And by the way, that truth would set you free. So, so those who are listening, say, I want to I encourage them. You say, man, I am enslaved to my emotions or my feelings. I'm enslaved to, you know, or maybe I have to be because that's my freedom. I need to feel this way. And you know what? I, I think what you need to do is decide, I am going to spend time not just reading the Bible, but reading the Bible so that I can get to know God. So I have a relationship with him. And as I abide with God, as I spend time with him, and I decide to follow him, I'm going to find out the truth. And it's that truth that actually sets me free. And I think that's what freedom is. Living life, when it comes to this, I'm not going to go into the history of it because someone else could probably come up and tell me exactly what they were thinking, the, the forefathers, when they wrote this down. But you know, the whole idea of life, living life, having our basic needs met, but then also the framework of it being in liberty. And I'm so glad, Terry, you brought up just the legalism because some people equate having religious beliefs or you know believing God and, and Jesus and all this. Christianity in itself is a bunch of rules, it's just a living by a bunch of rules. And through living those rules, living uh, in such a way where you follow those rules, it's going to bring about liberty. But what a lot of people find out is when you just live with a bunch of rules over your head – you're not really living in freedom. You're just kind of living so you don't get sent to, you know, a fiery place or whatever, you know, punished for that. That's really not what faith is all about. It's really not what Christianity is all about. Um, and so tonight as we're talking and we're talking about these things, yeah, they're kind of American ideals. And I think one of the things that drives me nuts more than anything else is, number one, being cliche about it and not, you know, really thinking about these things um, or taking them at face value. And secondly, trying to intersect Christianity and our Western mindset. I think there's such a, a there's really a difference in the way that we think within our American mindset um, to where we think that we're so, I don't know, we're so awesome and that like 
God just must really love us so much. And he just wants to just bless American people all the time. And I think there's such a great myth around that. And so as we're talking about that tonight, I hope that you kind of pull away those those two contexts. We're going to talk about what real life is about, what real liberty is about, and really what happiness, where it comes from, and how we can truly find it in our lives. So let's pick up this conversation when we come back. Remember, you can chat with a live coach anytime at HopeNet360.com. We're going to take a break here on the show. We'll be back with plenty more here on HopeNet Radio. We're connecting parents with their teens in real conversations that save lives. HopeNet Radio on Q90FM. This is HopeNet Radio. Connect with us on Facebook and Twitter. Hashtag HNR. Now, back to Jeff and Dave. Welcome back to the show, the show where conversations save lives. It's HopeNet Radio. Jeff and DW, your hosts tonight. Glad you've joined us on the show. Remember to connect with us at hope at hopenet360.com. That's our email. And tonight we're chatting about life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. And as we were discussing in the last segment, we were really just talking about how life is supposed to be. We were created with a purpose. We were created intentionally. And we've spent some time in the last month talking on past shows about living with intentionality. We were created with a purpose. We're created to, number one, reflect and radiate the, the glory of God. We were meant to worship him and be in a right relationship with God. And that was broken. And since that fall in the garden, our world has changed completely. You know, what life looks like, even in this this Declaration of Independence, when it talks about life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness, all of these things, from a man's perspective, are going to be completely flawed now because we have this, this design flaw, essentially, this sin problem in our lives. It separates us from living in a true relationship with God, a right relationship with God, until we really surrender ourselves to him and our, our prideful, arrogant people that we are. And as we were closing the last segment, I talked about this, this thing we really, really need to differentiate on. And that's about this American idea of Christianity in some ways. You know, the, the life, liberty, and pursuit of happiness. The last thing I want to do and get you in this show is to think about how Christianity is such an American thing. It's such an American concept. It's really not. It's meant for the entire world. It's meant for the all of creation. I mean, God's story involves all of creation, not just some of it, not just for a specific elite number of people, but for everyone. And so every single person, it talks about these, Jesus came to give us life and life to the full, liberty to be set free from not just free to do what we want when we want, but freedom really is more about how we're moving and living in the spirit and living with a freedom in our spirit. And then this pursuit of happiness, which we'll get to later, is happiness can be a fleeting thing. It's an emotional thing in our culture. We kind of look at it as a feeling that we have, whereas I think there's a a different type of happiness, and maybe we would want to call it a different term entirely, maybe joy, but looking at what this means for everyone, not just American people. So what do you guys think? Have you ever thought about that, how Christianity and Americanism and maybe Western thinking, how that all intersects? And I think what you were saying about the term happiness itself, it just really made me think about how it is really connected to an emotion. And we were talking earlier about what kind of things, what is the pursuit of happiness? Is the is it the pursuit of security or safety or having a roof over our heads or things to or, and having food? And I have a lot of friends who are missionaries who have been in Africa and maybe some third world countries where people don't have, they don't, maybe don't have shelter or they don't have food every day, but they're some of the happiest people they've ever seen. So we know that those things aren't necessarily what determine happiness. What you were saying about maybe another term to define happiness and being content. 
because the Bible says godliness with contentment is great gain. Mm -hmm. And happiness usually is connected to an emotion. But being content is being happy with whatever situation, whatever circumstance, with whatever God has given you and still being able to be joyful and thankful for that. Yeah, You know, I think it's really hard to be happy if you're constantly thinking that uh, happiness, again, is the absence of pain. Mm -hmm. Hmm. Because then what you do is you try and get rid of pain to be happy. And and you can't do that. So I I would think that there's some listeners out there that have the definition wrong. I, I I really think that if you're if you're struggling right now with happiness, it could be because your definition is I need the absence of pain. You know, I went to Africa and the people that I ministered to when I was in Africa made about twelve dollars a year, and they were the happiest people I ever met. And and you know when I when I was ministering to them, they taught me so many lessons about life. And what was interesting is I was there during an Ebola breakout. And for those of you who don't know what that is, it's a very serious viral breakout that just, or bacterial, I don't know what it is. But but it's it's like, kind of like leprosy. It kills people very quickly, though. And there was an Ebola breakout happening while I was there. There was also nobody I talked to that didn't have somebody in their family that had that wasn't dying of AIDS or had died of AIDS. So I'm, I'm, I'm with the people who make very little money, who have tremendous amount of pain in their lives, but they were the most joyful people I ever met in my life. And I thought, God, I want to learn what they know. I mean, that's what mm-hmm. I thought. And, and that's why I invited people to read the book of Philippians. Because here the Apostle Paul is going to be, you know, he's going to lose this eventually. Mm-hmm. Uh, after the book of Second Timothy, he loses his life. And as far as we know, Nero took his head off. But as you look at the book of Philippians, what you have to ask is, what did he understand to be able to be joyful no matter what the circumstances are? And that's what we, we need to see is, is, is what happiness really is. It's, it's being able not to get rid of pain because sometimes you can't. If you're somebody right now that's mm-hmm. laying in a hospital bed and, and you have a lot of pain and you're, you know, it, it's not that, you know, sure, we'd love to see you get rid of the pain. But the truth of the matter is there's some people that, that end up limping all their life and they're in pain when they get up. And, and you can focus on that pain. And you could focus on saying, if this was just gone, I'd be happy. Mm-hmm. Or... You can focus on saying, you know what? Happiness isn't the absence of this pain. It's the purpose of the pain. I mean, in other words, why do I have this pain? Hmm. What is it that that I can look forward to in the future? And all of a sudden we start living, looking forward instead of backwards or looking at the moment. Hmm. And uh, looking forward is where it's at. Uh, One day, those who who love God and walk with him, pain's going to be over. And and, and we're going to get back to the way that we originally created to live without the, the, the consequences of sin. And so that's very important to understand. Uh, those who are not a part of God's family, those who have not allowed Christ to be their payment for sin, you know, that's not going to happen. And, and there's not that much hope for you as far as pulling out of uh, sadness because it's not going to happen someday. But, but those who actually know God and walk with him, see, there's something better we look forward to. And I think we can begin to see that there's some purpose in the pain that we have. And, and we don't necessarily run from it. I've told our listeners several times that I have several really quirky diseases, weird ones. You know, I have narcolepsy, and I've had heart issues, I've had blood clots, it just about killed me. You know, very interesting things. And, and all of them together, um, and the medicines that I take, cause me to have certain issues that are continually around me. I'm, I am continually exhausted. I'm continually tired. You know, years ago, I thought, man, if I could just have some energy, I'd be so happy. Mm. 
And, and, you know, I found that that's not how happiness is found. What I have found is that I need to embrace my tiredness. I can't do anything about it. In fact, the tiredness that I have actually gives me many opportunities. It helps me concentrate. It gives me opportunities to talk to people. I read, you know, people who don't want to read or think they can't, I can talk to them in a way where they understand, look, you've got it even worse than I do when it comes to tiredness. The, the, the really neat thing is, it, through all of the, the downside of, of a disease, I have learned that I can be joyful and happy and at the same time wish that I was not so tired. Mm. I don't have to kick one of those out. And if you do get in the habit of trying to kick one of them out, what happens to you is you start saying, well, how can I do it? And maybe drugs become a part of your life or alcohol or sex or something else. And right. Because what you're looking for is that, that momentary pleasure to just kind of mask the pain. And, and you thought just for that moment, you thought, boy, I'm not in pain anymore, so I'm happy. Mm-hmm. But you misdefined it. It's, it's not about being out of pain. It's about learning, no matter what situation you're in, that you can trust in your Heavenly Father. Now, those of you that don't have the Heavenly Father, that's your issue. And, and we invite you to go to hopenet360.com and talk and tell them, I, you know, I need to have God as my Father. I don't know what that means. And, and allow us the opportunity to help you. You bring up an interesting question that I was kind of thinking there is, We've, you know, we've talked to Kristen Jane Anderson on the show before, and she was talking about how she struggled with depression. And there are many people who are also in this place, too, where they go through depression. And can I just ask, Dave, you know, you talk about embracing the, embracing the pain, embracing the things that we don't really want to embrace. For someone who is struggling with depression, do you just have to embrace your depression in order to be happy? What do you think on that? You know, I'm not sure the depression is what you embrace, but the depression is happening for a reason. Mm-hmm. I know there's a lot of times there's, like for me, it could be, man, I am never going to be full of energy. So that's what I start focusing on. And that causes the mm-hmm. depression. Yeah, that's a good point. So it, it's not, you know, it's not that you embrace the depression. I don't think you do that. I think, I think what you do is embrace who God is mm-hmm. and you realize, I realize he could heal me at any moment and that he loves me tremendously. And since he doesn't, he must have a plan. And one day I'm going to find it, find it out. So, so that's what keeps me going, not the fact that I'm full of energy. Yeah. And, and so I, I think you don't rejoice in depression. I think you, re, you begin to rejoice in God, and you begin to, to redefine it where you don't have to get rid of the problem. And all of a sudden I think the depression, uh, which is an effect, not a cause, uh, will start to diminish. Yeah, when we come back in the second half of the show, we're going to talk more about this pursuit of happiness and really the barriers that hold us up from that. And it really comes down to, I think, seven things that God really hates, and it's in Proverbs 6. So when we come back, we're going to talk more about this. Remember to connect with a live coach if you need to at hopenet360.com. They're standing by for you. Also, send us an email at hope at hopenet360.com if you have questions or thoughts as you're listening tonight to the show. We'll be back with more here on HopeNet Radio. Feel like nobody cares? We do. HopeNet360.com has an online crisis chat line powered by Groundwire. A live coach is available to talk right now at HopeNet360.com. It's HopeNet Radio. You can talk with a live spiritual coach anytime at HopeNet360.com. Now, here are the hosts of HopeNet Radio, Jeff and Dave. Welcome back to the show. Glad that you've joined us. The second half of HopeNet Radio. Jeff and DW, your hosts tonight, Tara Kay in studio with us. And we're glad that you've joined us. If you missed the first half of the show or any part of the show tonight, you can go back and listen on HopeNet360.com. We're also on iTunes under HopeNet Radio, so check it out. Subscribe, be a part of us. And if you do subscribe on iTunes... 
Send us a review. Let us know what you think of the show and maybe some topics you want us to discuss. You can also email us anytime at hope at hopenet360.com. Also jump on our Facebook or our Twitter at hopenet360. We'd love for you guys to be part of our community there. And tonight we're talking about life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. This Friday is the 4th of July, so we'll celebrate our independence. But not only that, I think God has something to say about what true life, true liberty, and true happiness is all about. So we're going to talk about this a little bit more in depth. Last week we talked about happiness and really some of the roadblocks to it. And I wanted to just take another week and talk more full on this discussion of happiness. You know, I think one of the things that we didn't really hit on too much is just what part sin really plays, how it affects, how sin affects our happiness overall, and uh, what we can do or what God's Word has to say about it. And there are six things that I've found that God says that He hates. These six things in Proverbs six sixteen, he says, There are six things the Lord hates, seven that are detestable to him. Haughty eyes, a lying tongue, hands that shed innocent blood, a heart that devises wicked schemes, feet that are quick to rush into evil, a false witness who pours out lies, and a man who stirs up dissension among brothers. Wow, some big words there. we got to unpack this, guys. First off, what do you guys think about this verse, and uh, how does it affect our lives? That's a good question. <laughs> you know, it's interesting that that word is used 145 times in the Bible, that word the Lord hates. Hmm. If you can believe that, I mean, we know God is love, but the, but love actually hates some things. Why? And it, it's, it's not people he hates. And uh, uh, my wife and I have a fun time with this one because it's very clear that you don't hate people. But every once in a while, I'll pick up a tool and I'll use it and I go, I hate this tool. <laughs> And, and she'll go, Dave, that's hate. Go, it's a tool. It's yeah. a tool. I can hate the tool. You know, it has no feelings, emotions. That I could throw it against the wall. It doesn't matter. It's a tool. Yeah. Um, and what's interesting is there are some things that love must hate. Terry, you work in sex trafficking. Do you hate the idea of sex trafficking? Yes. Why? Because it, for what we were talking about earlier, I mean, the person who's taking advantage of somebody else might say, well, I have a right to pursue happiness, and to me, happiness means getting a lot of money and having all of my needs met, yet it's robbing somebody else's innocence, robbing the gift that God had given them, robbing them of who they are mm -hmm. and the beautiful creation that God has created them to. So that's an example of how our pursuit of what we want can, when it interferes with the life and liberty and freedom of someone else, then... Um, it doesn't lead to happiness, even though I'm sure people who are benefiting, the traffickers, are thinking, well, I'm making all this money. I'm living large. I have a great life. Yeah. But you know what? Do you ever struggle, though, when you, you hate the idea of human trafficking? Do you ever struggle over the line there and start to hate the people who do it? Yes, that's a really good point. Uh, I was just at a conference, uh, a human trafficking conference, a couple weeks ago, and um, I went to a seminar on the demand of people who were reaching the uh, men in the red light district in Cambodia. And I wanted to go to that seminar because I didn't know a lot about the demand side because it's very easy to hear when we describe what's known as the life. We describe pimps or traffickers. We describe the Johns who are the customers and the victims. And we can all relate and have a heart for the victims. Mm -hmm. But we don't know the other two players in this game. We don't we get angry at them. I get angry at them. Someone shared, the, uh, one of the workers who helps the men who are purchasing and going to Cambodia for sex tourism, 
Um, he actually shared his story and how he had struggled with pornography and sex addiction, but God had helped him through it. And now he's helping other men um, just by relationship. And, you know, he said something that was that really stuck with me. He said, you know, who of us wants to be defined by our sin? You know, if we're going to label somebody as a pedophile or a sex addict or those things are easy to label because we get angry at those things. But what about a liar? I mean, who of us hasn't lied? Mm. And yet if we're all going to label each other by our sins, then we would all have a label. And it just really changed my perspective of more so hating um, the sin and how how Satan has kind of corrupted something that God has created as corrupted sex and how God created that to be beautiful between a husband and a wife. And I, I began to hate that instead of the people who were caught up in this because I could see them as players in the enemy's game and the enemy was really using them. It wasn't those people who were the participants. It was the enemy that had manipulated them and given them the delusion that this would make them happy. And so they began to, um, take advantage of someone else because they were grasping for their own happiness or what they thought would bring them happy happiness. I think so many times we, we rob ourselves of happiness because we reverse the roles that should be there. For example, we see so much pain and, and we hate the pain when we see it, but, but eventually we get numb to it and just let it happen. And instead of hating the pain, we start hating the people that mm-hmm. are involved. Yeah. When God wants it the other way around, he wants us to hate the sin. And, and not tolerate the sin, but hate the sin. Mm-hmm. And then we, he wants us to understand that everybody's a sinful person. And actually, like Jesus going to the woman at the well or, or, the, or the woman caught in adultery, how he treated her. Both times told him not to sin anymore, that kind of thing. But the bottom line really is I find it interesting how the switch and bait thing happens. For example, somehow it's okay. I, I should hate the fact that young people are abused. I mean, I should hate that. Mm-hmm. But it happens so much that my tendency is to just shrug my shoulders and I say, well, it happens. Yeah. You know what I mean? Mm. And then what happens is I start hating the people. Yeah. And, and I think God has to bring me back to, and that's why I think I, I could be miserable at times because I'm just hating the wrong thing. I need to continue. There was a young counselor up here that was working with a young girl at our camp. And this girl was obviously, she comes from a very, very tough home and there were some very tough circumstances. And uh, I just met with her not too long ago. And she said, I don't know, I'm just physically so so angry about what's going on in that little girl's life. And, and I looked at her and I said, good, stay that way, please. <laughs> I mean, I want you to stay angry about that. Yeah. But like I said, please don't be angry with the people. Let's try and reach them. Yeah, I mean, that, a that's a different story. And, and I think if we do things the way we were created to do, hate sin, love people kind of thing. I know it sounds cliche-ish, but it, no, if we do things the way we're supposed to, then, then that, that bitterness and anger and, and, and even depression and stuff that comes doesn't come because we're hating the right things. Mm-hmm. If you love people, if you do, you cannot be tolerant of the evil that destroys them. You can't be. You need to continue to hate things that destroy them. And I think at the beginning of this passage in Proverbs 6, which we want all our listeners to go and read over and over again, as we always say, you know, mm-hmm. the Lord hates something because he loves so intensely. Yeah. And, and you cannot... You cannot take one away from the other. Man, that is so true. I don't know that any of us can truly understand how much God really loves us. And maybe that's news to you listening tonight that God actually loves you. I think there's a a part of us that thinks, you know, one of the things that gets in in our way of happiness is when we make mistakes and we mess up. And then there's, you know, there's a price to pay for those things. Some of those prices are bigger than others. Uh, But when we make a mistake, 
you know, that's something that, man, we, we can't be happy about those things and it hurts other people. And, and so we, we feel like, oh man, woe is me. I just made this huge mistake. And now how could God ever love me again? And I think the, the best news we can share with anybody on this show, the thing that gives me the most hope is that God loves me despite my flaws, despite my sin, despite the things that I do that anger him, that hurt him or that hurt other people. And while I try so hard not to do those things, eventually I make a mistake and I do those things. I either hurt God or I hurt other people. See, Jesus defined the law. He summed up the law in these two things. One, love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength, and love your neighbor as yourself. And when we fail at those things, those are the things that disappoint God because those are those things that he just, he really, I mean, that's the core essential of who he is. Love him, love others. And if we did that, how different of a world this would really be. And we would probably find actual happiness and joy in our day-to-day life if we would just follow out with that law, with those those two rules, if we kept those number one. So uh, we're definitely going to continue this conversation and talk a little bit more about the things that God hates because those things that God hates, he hates for our own good. Because when we do those things, when we focus on those things, when those are be, are part of our character, those things get in the way of true life, liberty, and happiness. There's more to come here on the show. If you're going through something tonight, a live coach is waiting to talk to you at HopeNet360.com. This is HopeNet Radio. Feel free to email the show, Hope at HopeNet360.com. Now, back to Jeff and Dave. Welcome back to the show. Jeff and DW, your host tonight. Tara Kay is the wonderful gal in studio with us, and we're talking about life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. So email us your thoughts to hope at hopenet360.com during the show. We're also on Facebook and Twitter at hopenet360. Connect with us there. We'd love to hear from you tonight. So as we're talking about happiness, guys, uh, some of the things that get in the way of it, things that God hates. I didn't really, I guess you don't really always think about things that God hates. Usually you think, well, God just hates sin. You know, it's just kind of, again, I I don't like to be cliche on the show. I really want to talk about things that have really real depth and meaning to them because I think everything that sometimes as Christians, we just get used to hearing them that we just kind of gloss over it and think, oh yeah, I've read that before. I've done that. Yeah, I don't do those things. And, And we kind of turn it into a bunch of rules. And then you got people who think that we just follow a bunch of rules and they don't want to do that. So they don't really go to church. They don't really... You know, they don't talk to God or they don't, you know, feel like that's a, that should be a part of their life or it's more of, yeah, I, I should probably do that because maybe my life would just be better. Well, it's not necessarily following rules. It's just knowing who God really is. And so tonight, if you don't know who God is, I want to encourage you just to connect with a live coach at HopeNet360.com. But guys, as we're talking about happiness, the things that God hates, and we, we brought this up at the earlier part of the show, a haughty eye. Lying tongue, hands that shed innocent blood, these things that seem obvious to us, but yet we do these all in different ways in our own life, don't we? I think, you know, when I read those, some of them are maybe a little bit difficult to understand, but then I went and looked it up in another version, and some of those words were more easier for me to understand. So, for example, um, another source lists those same things as lust, gluttony, greed, um, wrath. Pride. Those were things I could understand a little bit more. Yeah. Um, and it made it made it more, I don't know, realistic, like things that I could recognize in yeah. everyday life. Okay, so here's here's where I'm at. In my own personal life, I want to bring my cards to the table. Uh, my family is looking at buying a home. And we look so often at what everybody else has. And so in our own eyes, we're like, well, yeah, they have that. So uh, – I should have that. 
and then we start like comparing and living our life this way. Do you guys think this is something that a lot of people? We were talking. We were kind of joking about it earlier. We were talking about Facebook and how how that can be somewhat a source of envy and jealousy and covetousness because. Um, we see what other people have, what kind of maybe what they're doing or so-and-so's in a relationship now and so-and-so's married now or has a kid or whatever. Did you see who she was dating? <laughs> or, you know, look, <laughs> look what new car they have or they just went on all these vacations and oh, man. you start to feel like, oh, you know, I'm not really satisfied with my life because I want to do those things. I want to be in a relationship. I want to travel. How come I'm not doing those things? And it becomes um, jealousy. It becomes mm-hmm. envy. I mean, you can, we look at it. can be. A, I mean, Facebook can be a good thing, too. I was just looking back at, through all my pictures and thinking about, well, you know what? My life is pretty good, too. I, I really have enjoyed my life and, and still do and the, where God is taking me and the things that he's brought me through. So yeah. when I was comparing myself and looking at everybody else's pages, I was starting to get jealous. I was starting to get envious. And then um, I didn't like it. I didn't feel good. And then I went and looked at my own pictures again. It reminded me of how I really did enjoy my life. And God makes each one of us different and gives um, each of us responsibilities and resources and that um, our responsibility is to live our life that honors him and not compare it to anybody else, but just to be faithful with what he's given us. If you go back in the Old Testament and read the Ten Commandments, it's really interesting. The reason I think we have Ten Commandments is because they're ten things we will struggle with. Mm-hmm. And God knows that. There are really things that can really um, trap us and enslave us. One of them is being covetous. In other words, one of them is looking at what other people have and thinking, I'm missing out. Mm-hmm. And w- the whole culture of the United States of America is built on coveting. Watch television for a while. I'm not recommending that. But if you do watch television for a while, w- what's really interesting is that all the advertisements are about what you don't have and you should have. Mm-hmm. And, and, and so that's how it's built. So, so people that watch a lot of television and movies and whatever, they are getting inundated with covet, covet, covet. You need this. You can't be okay without this. You can't be okay without that. And then, and then of course, the neighborhoods and the Facebooks and the, you know, uh, that kind of thing. And really, Jeff, you're at a time in life where really you need to understand what uh, your needs are and meet those needs yeah. and then go from there. Right. Uh, I went through that. <laughs> it's kind of interesting. We started the ministry up here. I had nowhere to live, really. We were, we were in an apartment on camp. We had to find something. And I began looking at mobile homes and everything else. And, you know, we gave up our job to work up here, make about 150 bucks a month. And we just didn't have any money. We didn't have any money or, or savings to do things with. Mm-hmm. And and we couldn't be looking at what everyone else was doing because our life was different than everybody else's. Yeah. And we had to do it within the scope and sequence of what God gave us. And really, when I settled in on that and I said, okay, God, I will just do and I will be satisfied. You're God. You can take care of me. Mm-hmm. So I'm going back to the truth part. God, you can meet my needs. And you know, eventually I was able to get a house and, and, and be in it. Now I've been in it for 30-some years. And, and that's really very powerful uh, to see God work in that way. But, but it wasn't until I, I had to quit looking at what everyone else had. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I had to, you know, one of the hardest things for me to sort out was what was the difference between a need and a want? <laughs> you know what I mean? That's just yeah, hard to so sort true. out because I'm in America. Yep. So I think well, yeah. all these wants kind of move their way over to the need list. Uh-huh. And, and, and then I'm saying, God, you promised to meet my needs. Where's my Maserati? You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Uh, 
and God must just smile on us and say, yes, child, you That's just don't cute. have it yet. I mean, <laughs> you don't have it. Yeah. Well, it creates um, something else that the Bible talks about and something that is really uh, America knows well is debt. And that's that idea of wanting what you don't have and keeping up with the Joneses, which just means wanting to have this certain standard that you don't maybe have the means at the moment to live in that way. So we go into debt and the Bible talks about how the borrower is a slave to the lender and Mm -hmm. how it it's just another way that the enemy traps us into financial debt, and it starts with coveting, wanting what we can't afford, what we don't have, and get being unsatisfied. Well, why don't I have that? Well, I'll just buy it on credit and pay for it later, and it just adds up and keeps us enslaved. Right. Yeah. I think you really need to spend time or you're going to be miserable in life, and you can't pursue you know, happiness when you're miserable because – the, the bottom line really is you're looking at everybody else. You're looking at every other advertisement. You're looking at every other gadget, and you're never satisfied. It's kind of like those. I'm a little bit of an Apple freak, so if they come out with a new, like, iPad, <laughs> yeah, look out. I'm not happy. I'm not happy until I get my hands on one of those new iPads. So, you know, God has a way of showing all of us that we all suffer from the same disease of, I want this whole world to really be about Dave Wager. And when this world isn't about Dave Wager, I'm a miserable person. And, I, you know, that's not how I was made. I was actually made opposite than that. I was made to be about your success and other success and, and listening to God. And yet I buy the lie. And, and it may be as simple as an iPad for me or for you a house or for whatever. It, it, but the bottom line really is the Apostle Paul, and again, encourage our listeners to read the book of Philippians. He found a key to joy. Uh, my dad used to call it the faith rest life. There was, a, there was an ability to trust in God because he's older than you and he's smarter than you and he loves you. Yep. You can trust him. And when you do that, you can take what he gives you knowing that he could give you more, he could give you less, but he's the one that supplies. And I think it always goes back to that. If, if you're really depressed about life and angry about God, I really think you don't know God and I would love you to spend time with him. And you can even call a live coach at HopeNet360.com and talk to them. But I think the real issue is that you're not intimate with the creator of the universe who loves you and will help you work through these things. Yeah, I really love that. And I found that to be true in my own life. And while we go through these processes, whether it's buying a home or it's just the next season of of life, one of the things that we talk about here on the show is when you get to the new season in life, it's a new season. There's a lot of unknowns. There's a lot of things that you just don't know. And so it's always important that you know where to go to find the help that you need. And it's really, number one, we always encourage you to go and get into your Bible and check it out, read it, because there's a guide for every single thing. There's there's stories upon stories, and I think we need to touch on one of these in numbers when we come back. And even last week, we talked about the story of, of Elijah after he came off a big, awesome weekend kind of a thing. He got to a real low point the next day, got some bad news, and went away and, and lived depressed and angry and just wanting to give up on life. And, and God said, what are you doing here? See, God sees our situation is so temporary. And yet we see our situation if we start lusting after somebody else or the position that they have or maybe the house they have or the stuff they have. As soon as we start focusing on those things, it turns our, our happiness into oh, just anger in, in some ways. And so it just it poisons relationships. It poisons our own life and it, it keeps us from being happy. So we're going to wrap up this conversation when we come back here on HopeNet Radio. Love HopeNet Radio? Stay in contact all week long at HopeNet360.com. 
This is HopeNet Radio. Connect with us on Facebook and Twitter. Hashtag HNR. Now, back to Jeff and Dave. Welcome back to HopeNet Radio. Jeff and DW with you tonight. Remember to connect with a live coach if you're going through something tonight at HopeNet360.com. Just click on the Talk to a Live Coach button. And they're there standing by and ready to talk to you if you have something going on in your life and you just need some wisdom or just some encouragement, especially in this life. Life isn't always happy. It's not always joyful. It's not always easy. Don't you just wish sometimes, Dave, there was just an easy button on your desk you could just press all the time? Oh, that's funny. I do have one on my desk. <laughs> oh, that's right. You do. I do. Yeah. And, and most of the <laughs> that's funny you say that because most of the time when the young people come in and they talk to me, the answer is much easier than they ever imagined. And on the way out, I hit the button. <laughs> And and they just look back and give me this little grin, like yeah, nice, you know, because uh, they go out and it goes that was easy, and um, <laughs> so yeah, I do. I keep it on my desk because I think a lot of things are easier than we make them. Um, we kind of want to make we we kind of want to make God and the Bible and everything like the tax code, and then we need all these people to help us figure it out when it's really quite simple. I am one who's sinful, and the sin has separated me from God, and He sent Jesus to to correct that. And the sin in my life is all about me, 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 me. And if I have a bad marriage, it's because I'm being self-centered. And if I am a bad friend, it's because I'm self-centered. See, it gets very simple after a while. And uh, I think what we need to do is call our listeners back to the simple lifestyle. And if I had my button here, I'd hit it. But I don't have it here. (laughs) (laughs) Your easy button is God-inspired. Your easy button is as easy as going to HopeNet360.com, clicking on the Talk to a Live Coach button. And chatting with the live coach. So tonight we've been wrapping up the conversation from last week a little bit on happiness, this whole idea of life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness, the thing that we're going to kind of reflect on those those words as we enter into our Independence Day celebration, whatever you guys do on the 4th of July. Seriously, next week, I hope you guys have a great weekend just celebrating, but we're talking a little bit about these terms and what they really mean and what how they apply to us because I think we have an idea in our American mindset, but I think God has a much different idea, a way that's actually going to bring in true life, liberty, and happiness, real joy in our lives. So as we're talking tonight, things that keep us from happiness have to do with the things that God hates. See, God hates things that will keep us from him in such a way where it either hurts him, it hurts his creation, how he's created us to be. It also hurts him when we hurt other people and we either abuse other people, we exploit them. Tara's worked in human trafficking and you've really had some experience around people whose lives have been completely turned around because they thought they were getting into a happy situation and it turned out to be something that either they they were into a life that they thought was happy and they were being deceived the whole time or it was just uh, they knew they weren't happy but they couldn't get out of it. They felt like they were trapped in someone else's life, liberty, and pursuit of happiness. And so tonight, that's kind of the conversation. We'd love to hear your perspective, too. What do you think of when you hear life, liberty, the pursuit of happiness? What do these words mean to you? Do they mean anything to your life? And you can email us at hope at hopenet360.com. So, guys, as we're wrapping up this conversation, some of the stuff that really does impact our own happiness, stuff like lust uh, in our world is so prevalent. I mean, guys and girls, when you get to that age and you start getting those, those butterfly feelings for somebody else, and what do you guys think? Does lust keep us from happiness? Oh, man. You you know what? What it does is basically say this. I am willing to use you for my own pleasure. And and I don't think anybody appreciates that. But that's what lust is. They look at somebody and they start thinking, 
I want to use you. I don't want a relationship with you. I don't want to be a part of your life. I don't want to help you do anything fine. I just want to use you and let you go. That's how Satan works. He wants to use us and let us go. And, and believe me, that's not a lifestyle anybody wants. What you were saying before about comparing it to the work that I do, people might think, well, I can't compare this topic to I've never been involved in trafficking or I don't understand that. But um, really, the idea is still the same as what we've been talking about today is that somebody usually gets involved in this because they buy into false promises. Mm -hmm. They buy into usually they're seeking something. Maybe somebody offers to provide them a place to live or says, I can take care of you. I know that you're your dad or you don't have a good home life. So I can be that. They bought into false promises. And those aren't bad things to want. That's a, a something that is very innate in, in children is to want somebody to take care of them. But they fell for a promise that was empty. And we do the same thing. I do the same thing too. I try to grasp sometimes when I get my focus off of God, I try to grasp at things that I think will bring me happiness. And really what ends up happening is it brings me into one of those um, sinful areas that God talks about, whether it's pride or greed or envy. Um, and, when we take our focus off of that and we try to pursue our own happiness, I think the pursuit of happiness isn't necessarily bad. Like what's wrong with wanting to be happy or wanting um, to have a good life. But um, when we're talking about Independence Day coming up, I think the term, it's funny that we're using that term independence because really God wants us to find happiness through allowing him to provide for us. And that's not independence. That's dependence hmm. on God. When we depend on God for him to provide as a loving father would, then that's where we find true happiness because what father, a good father, the greatest father wants to provide so much for his children. And he knows that when we depend on him to provide that, that's when we'll find true happiness that doesn't result in taking advantage of someone else or isn't reached by any of these other sins or by greed or by any of the things that we talked about. So true um, happiness, I think, is really found in depending on God to provide for our needs and trusting him to do that. Mm. When we ask him in prayer, a lot of times we think about prayer as maybe telling God what we need. Mm -hmm. And somebody once told me a good thing, an interesting thing about prayer is not prayer isn't telling God what we need because he already knows what we need. But it's establishing our dependence on him, that we're dependent on him to provide those needs. And in turn, that's how we found find true happiness. Mm. Dave, what is what's the one thing that turns this all around? Like, how do we break out of these? As someone that's struggling with lust after somebody else, or greed, or anger, wrath—you know, someone who just always feels like they want to get into a fight, or even pride. What what do you tell a young person? You know what? The, the, before we can get help with anything, we have to understand the problem, and the problem is me. The problem is sin. The problem isn't somebody else, and the problem isn't God, and the problem isn't the culture in which we live. The problem really is me. I want everything to be about me, and I am going to make it the best I can, whatever my situation. I'm going to try and make it about me, and I wasn't made to do that, so I'm living abnormally. So the very first thing I think we have to do is sit down and talk truth. The sun does not come up in the morning because Dave Wager makes it come up. The world does not revolve around me. The universe is not waiting for me to make a decision so that the universe operates correctly. And, and, and I have to get to uh, where I understand I'm the created one, not the creator. With that comes certain thoughts and responsibilities then. Then I need to be able to come to God and say, okay, God, you're God, I'm Dave, let me learn how this thing works. And as I do that, 
I'm really free. So I, I would suggest that one of the very simplest things to do is begin with the real problem that God began with. And the real problem is sin. It separates mm-hmm. me from God. Therefore, it separates me from the way I was meant to be. And there is no possible way for me to be okay when I am separated from the way I'm meant to be. And again, I would beg our listeners who are concerned with getting this relationship with God right to go to HopeNet360.com and talk to a live coach and see if uh, we can't help you get this most basic building block in place. From then, it's, it's still a struggle, but it's a struggle more of, okay, what did my father say, my heavenly father? How did he make me? And then trying to adjust our life to live in the context of how things were meant to be rather than how I just want them to be. Yeah, we hear this, what may become a cliche word called repentance, but true repentance is what brings about change in our life. If we really are willing to acknowledge that we have a problem, you know, the first step to recovery from addiction is to admit that you have a problem. Because if you don't admit you have a problem, you can't change. Nothing can change until we realize that we need to change. And for some of us, it means getting to a point where we don't have either options. And we talked about a few weeks ago the the whole uh, when we, when it comes to change, the I should change versus I must change. You know, something has to change. And some of us, it takes us to get to that breaking point, kind of that to that lowest point, that rock bottom, until we realize we need to change. But when you realize, if you really want to take a look at your life tonight and say, "Am I really living with life?" liberty and happiness am i really finding those things in this world i'm going to try, i'm going to guarantee you you're not going to find life liberty the pursuit of happiness if you're just looking at this world whether it's a maserati or it's a house or it's an ipod or it's an ipad or it's a, a computer or a car whatever it is you're not going to find happiness in those things those are just going to leave you hungry for more things hungry for something else and god is that one thing he's that one person who will never change he loves you for who you are and he's going to bring happiness in your life maybe not the way you think about it but the way that he was he created it and designed it to fill our needs so chat with the live coach tonight i encourage you to do that we're going to end the show here and there's always plenty more to talk about so we'll definitely see you guys online on our facebook page and next week Thank you.